Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I am, of course, your host, Danielle Alvari. And I don't know what to do with myself, guys. Football season's over. What now? Just kidding. I love betting on basketball, so we're going to talk about that plenty today. But before we do, Let's talk about a couple talking points about the Super Bowl that have been kind of buzzing around, if you will. Uh, for one thing, the TV ratings. So Adam Schefter tweeted this out, that the Rams Super Bowl win over the Bengals averaged 112.3 million viewers to rank it as the most watched show in five years. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, but then Akash Anavarathan, who covers the 49ers, incidentally, tweeted that Los Angeles was playing host in the Super Bowl and the Rams were in it, but only 36% of TVs in the Los Angeles market was watching the game. Wasn't even in the top 10, end quote. Yeah. I mean, 36% of the TVs in LA is what? 1.4 million, as a lot of people pointed out in Twitter here. So uh, it's, you know, that's a lot of people. And also... Uh, there's a million other reasons we can look at, right? I mean, watch parties at bars, streaming services. My question is with streaming services. How do ratings factor in with that? I think that I've seen with the Nielsen that they've started to try to do this, uh, but it's pretty, I mean, it hasn't, doesn't seem like it's like much farther along um, as you'd expect it to be at this point. But yeah, streaming services are a whole other thing as well. And also the streaming services, by the way, side note, um, Super Bowl streaming averaged 50 to 60 seconds behind cable. Uh, if you want to read more about this, there was actually a pretty decent Twitter thread by uh, a guy on Twitter called TK Gore. So there's a thread on that if you want to look it up. But yeah, I mean, if you run behind a whole minute lagging or more, which I've definitely experienced with different streaming services, that really affects your ability to live bet as a sports better, which is what I care about the most in terms of being up to date on it. I don't care if there's spoilers on Twitter. I care about if I want to make a live bet, I'd like to be as up to date as possible. Uh, so that is something to consider here too. Cable's just a little bit faster and that's a little tough for the cord cutting generation uh, to swallow, if you will. So anyways, uh, back to the whole Rams don't have fans thing. I don't, I mean... I was the first to say that the Rams are not a football city. I don't, I don't believe that's true. And also, there's a lot of reasons that people give for the Rams not getting, you know, the same football, let's say, reaction or turnout that other teams in other cities get. For one, the city didn't have a team for 22 years. You know? Like, they just came back recently. You got to give them a little bit of time. Uh, second of all, there's a million other things to do in L.A. 
That's just a fact. Uh, there's also, it's a city of transplants. How about that? Everybody's from a different place. I mean, I was prepping this show earlier at a friend's house who's a big Jets fan. She's from New Jersey. And I was like, yeah, you don't care about the Rams because you're from New Jersey, but you live in Los Angeles now because it's a great place to live. Have you seen the weather? And I apologize if you're listening from a non-California place, but I'm sure that you're enjoying your seasons. Uh, COVID also last year, that wiped out a decent, any shot they had at having a decent attendance. And that's unique to California in a lot of ways because the states are handling those policies kind of differently. Um, and maybe that one's kind of, you know, not as persuasive, but it's something to note. I mean, again, they just came back and it's really hard to get the momentum when you're not even allowed to have fans in their, in their stands. Um, and like I said, not a football-centric city necessarily. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Also, let's take this one step further because I can't, I'm just so interested in why people are so obsessed with saying that the Rams don't have good support in this city because this city has won a championship in each one of the six major North American professional sports leagues over the past eight years, just in the last eight years. Rams in 2022, obviously, yay. Lakers 2020, Dodgers 2020, same year. The LA Sparks 2016, who, by the way, uh, we're going to get into WNBA coverage shortly coming up on the pod in the next couple, I mean, probably more like end of March, a little bit after March Madness, maybe, because the opening day of WNBA, by the way, if you didn't know, is going to be May 6th. So I can't wait to get into that. But the Sparks have made some very interesting trades that make them all of a sudden kind of a contender. But we'll get into that later. Sparks 2016, the Kings in 2014, and the LA Galaxy in 2014 as well. So hockey, soccer, women's basketball, men's basketball, baseball, football, they've done it all in the last eight years. So I don't think it matters. It's not a football-centric city. This is a winning-centric city. Sorry. Sorry, especially to the San Francisco fans that are salty about that because I'm from the Bay Area and I just don't get this hate. Uh, also, Rams top 10 in average home attendance this season. They were 8th. They were 4th in percent of attendance for home games. 7th in attendance for road games percentage. And 3rd in percentage of attendance overall. Sixth in average attendance overall. So not percentage, just average actual number of bodies there. This is, I mean, what more do you guys want? I think we've made my point here, right? But regardless, I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, whatever you were watching it on. And uh, let's get into today's show. First, basketball, NBA, Lakers in action Wednesday night, actually hosting the Jazz, their last game before the All-Star break. And we'll recap the Clippers Tuesday night game at the Suns and look ahead to their Thursday game hosting the Rockets. That will be their last game before the All-Star break. Then, of course, I'll get into some men's college basketball. UCLA has three home games coming up. I'm going to be at all of them, starting with Washington State on Thursday. Lots going on. And the women play on Sunday as well. So the men's basketball team UCLA will play Thursday, Saturday, Monday, and the women's team will play on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of games. It's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun for me. But first things first, before we get into all of that, we'll check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bet River Sportsbook. Like I said, NBA action on Wednesday, Jazz at Lakers. Jazz a five-point favorite, total sitting at 227. The Lakers are 9-1 to to win the West and 20-1 to to win it all. The Clippers, 35-1 to to win the West, 100-1 to to win the championship. Is that, I mean still available if that's still available i mean let me pull this up real quick because i have this in my notes but i want to check actual bet rivers right now because i can't believe that the clippers are 100 to 1 because they are not that many things happening away from being a real contender here yeah okay 80 to 1 now on bet rivers pardon me uh so 80 to 1 for the clippers to win it all 
Paul George comes back. This team is already kind of doing its thing right now. They beat the Warriors on Monday. And then in a back-to-back, they played the Suns on Tuesday night. Like I said, we'll talk about it. But it was contentious. 80-1. to I want that ticket. I kind of do. I kind of want to take it on the Clippers. Uh, NCAA men's basketball, as I said, UCLA in action on Thursday, as is USC. UCLA is 25 to 1 to win the Pac 12, USC 13 to 1, and then USC is 50 to 1 to win it all. UCLA is still sitting around 17 to 1. Also, hockey, if you're into that kind of thing, the Kings are 50 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, and the Ducks are also 60 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, which might make you think maybe they're not terrible. It's not like they're 100 to 1. There's something about hockey where you can kind of fall a little bit backwards into these playoffs, it feels like, sometimes on any given night. Maybe it's because the puck bounces around glass, uh, bounces around the the ice at its own will. I don't know. There's something to be said for that. But right now, Kings or Ducks, not Stanley Cup picks for me. I haven't got to watch as much hockey this year, but I think it's been to the benefit of my basketball betting, so it's all worked out. You can find all these odds and more at BetRivers Sportsbook. Now let's get into the NBA in L.A., Lakers. Let's start with the Lakers because they are playing on Wednesday night, hosting the Jazz. As I said, Jazz a five-point favorite, total sitting at 227. So the Lakers are 26 and 31 straight up. Remember when they were hovering around 500? Well, those days are gone. They've uh, covered four of their last six, though, which is saying something. I'm going to just venture a guess that one of the games or both of the games they did not cover that LeBron was not playing because he has been day-to-day. He's been questionable dealing with knee swelling and whatnot. But that said, six of the last eight have gone over. We'll explain a little bit more on that later because the Clippers, as I said, will have the Rockets on Thursday. And there's kind of an interesting similarity that I actually got from an article on VSIN, the sports betting network, vsin.com, courtesy of Jonathan Bontobel, our senior NBA analyst. He talked a little bit how the Lakers and the uh, Rockets have this similarity. And I don't know if you're the Lakers, you want to have any similarities with the Rockets. The Lakers are, however, 14th in points per 100 possessions for transition play. So 14th in transition offense, really. Um, that's kind of been something that's worked to their advantage a lot and uh, obviously that LeBron James is very good at. Overall, though, 21st in efficiency differential. They were 20th last month, so a little bit of a slip there. Uh, but as far as whether it was on the offensive or defensive side, uh, the offense, at least in effective field goal percentage, has gotten better. They were 13th last in the last month. Um, and ninth, or excuse me, it's gotten worse. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. It's gotten worse. So they were ninth in effective field goal percentage overall for the season, but just in the last month, they've rated 13th. Um, it's still a higher percentage, but the rest of the teams have also improved. So basically nothing, nothing to worry about here. I don't know why I told you this is basically what I'm telling you, but, uh, it's there for your enjoyment. Nonetheless, as for points per hundred possessions, Uh, That's actually gone up a little bit for them. So they were averaging around 109.7 on the season, but up 110.9 for the season. It's just really hard with this team because, like I said, if LeBron's not in, not not the same Lakers team. Even with Anthony Davis in, unfortunately. And the Russell Westbrook experiment just did not go well. As for the Lakers' defense, uh, slight improvement in some areas, slight regression. It's been so up and down, and that's just, like I said, because LeBron is day-to-day. He's questionable versus the Jazz. It's a big game. It's an important game. Will he go? I think so. Um, I think we've come to learn that about LeBron, but, you know, yeah. Anthony Davis also day-to-day. Carmelo Anthony and Avery Bradley are out for this one. 
we look at the Jazz side of things, the Jazz are 36 and 21 straight up. They are on a five game streak of covering. Before that, they didn't cover for four straight, so they're getting right now. Five of their last six went under, and their one over was versus the Rockets, who are hot garbage. So <laughs> the fact that that went over, I think, is more a indemnity on the Rockets' defense than anything else. So um, interesting, because like I said, the Lakers have been trending towards overs, and the Jazz have been trending towards unders. And I, I think we can understand why, because they are second in efficiency differential overall. Okay. It, I mean, this team does it all there. I, we talked about this last time, actually, I don't remember if it was the Clippers or the Lakers playing this team. They always circle around the same time, but the jazz offense is first overall in points per hundred possessions for on the season. 117.4 in the last month, they're actually eighth at 116.8. So not, not a huge drop off there. And then in the last month, they are ranked ninth. Uh, in effective field goal shooting percentage at 54.8. So just a slight drop there for them because first in the season at 56%. Um, as for their defense, holding solid. So you could argue that their offense has, like why would you though, has slipped ever slightly, but I think it's more to the point that other offenses have just been doing better. Um, and also it can be based on their opponents in the last month as well, something to note. But their, their defense has stayed solid literally across the board. Uh, just in the last month, they're rated eighth in opponents points per hundred possessions and ninth in opponents effective field goal percentage. Those are the same for their on the season as well. The numbers are just about identical. Um, you know, 52% for the effective field goal percentage, 109 for opponents points per hundred possessions. So if we look at this, maybe they limit the Lakers, you know, Lakers are averaging 109. They limit to 109. Maybe that's what we see. Uh, as for their offense, let's see. They're averaging 117.4. The Lakers defense is holding people to about 113.5 as of the last couple weeks. That's with LeBron back in the mix. So depending on what this total ends up being, it's tough. Uh, Rudy Gay is out. For the Jazz, that's the only thing of note here. Um, nothing like a huge earth shatter there. Uh, but he will be out versus the Lakers on Wednesday. So, I don't know. It's tough to say for this one. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of betting NBA live. And you'll see why in this anecdote in a moment. But I think the Jazz are going to run this game. I know LeBron will be in it. They did make it. The Lakers did make it close versus the Warriors. They lost by two. And I mean, the Warriors aren't at their best either right now, but it just goes to show you the Lakers will get up for important games. So five points. Mm. Well, depending on how this goes, if you can get a better, like, you know, three on the Jazz, two and a half in game, if there's like a situation for that, I don't know that it'll present itself. The Lakers do love to run a fast tempo. And so maybe there's an opportunity there. But um, other than that, I mean... Unless you're going to give me, like, double-digit points with the Lakers. You know, if we get to that situation, which we easily could. And maybe I jump in on the Lakers. I don't know if I'm confident enough in this Lakers team in this exact moment to be betting money lines on them, as evidenced by that loss to the Warriors. I mean, hi. So, yeah, maybe this is an in-game bet for me. And as far as the total, it really is going to be interesting how this shakes out. Are we going to see this number around 240 or 230? Um, that'd be really, really high. I think we're going to see something a little bit lower. And so it'll be tough to say. I think this total is going to be pretty sharp. Um, and it'll just depend on 
whether or not the Lakers defense shows up or not, uh, maybe, no, not even a lean, not even lean on this total. Let's talk about the Clippers now because <laughs> this is the beauty of live betting, really. Um, it's how you turn a frown upside down. On Tuesday, the Clippers were at the Suns. They were 13 and a half point dogs, which is a little disrespectful, but I also get how good the Suns are. Total was 222 and a half. And like I said, the Clippers beat the Warriors on Monday. Big game, big win for them. They turn around, they make this game close with the Suns. Now, this final score might not seem like it. It was 103 to 96. The Suns win by seven. They don't cover. Um, and the Clippers are coming off back-to-back, -back and they stayed in this. They really did. Like, it was, I mean, what, five minutes left, and they were still tied up? Uh, I had the over for this game. Yes, it was a back-to-back. -back. That is ill-advised. Don't do what I did. Uh, but I still thought the Clippers could do it because they had played other back-to-backs where their offense had come off of these big kind of swings, and they had played all these road games and still been able to kind of convert that. Um, and their defense had kind of been slipping as of lately as well. So... All of that said, I thought there was a chance this could go over. As the game started going, I was like, oh no, 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 no. Back-to-back <laughs> -back game, why did I do this? Um, I did not expect Reggie Jackson to go 0 of 8 from 3. Usually about two of those would go in, two and a half. He's shooting 33-something percent uh, from 3. Terrence Mann also went 1 of 6 for 2 points, which is his lowest contribution in the last 13 games. He's had 13 or more points in his last four and 20 or more just in the last two. So yeah, a little bit of regression down from 20, but to only have two points, that was not expected either. Uh, but again, coming off a big win versus the Warriors, very understandable. And so as soon as I realized that I was on a sinking ship about a quarter in, um, <laughs> it was uh, kind of a, wow, live it, learn it, don't do what I did, or live bet it moment. So I grabbed the Suns minus three and a half with about five and a half minutes left because yes, it was that close. And Earlier in the game, you could get, I mean, nine and a half, I think is what this floated around at one point. And I considered taking the Clippers plus nine and a half, which would have covered. Uh, but I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, you missed the best of the number. It was 13 and a half. Should have bet it pregame. I thought about betting it pregame. Would have been way better than betting the over. Um, but I wasn't sure because, you know, this Suns team is legit. They are real. And uh, go Clippers because they're they're putting a, putting a little respect on their name as well. That said finally towards the final, like I said, five minutes of the game or so, you could get the Suns minus two and a half, minus three and a half. I don't think I saw one and a half pop up, but I grabbed th minus three and a half. And then I also ran the opposite direction uh, at the start of the fourth quarter and got under two thirteen and a half. So if you can see the direction of a game at the start, I mean, this went well under the total, right? I mean, not even did it crack 200 points. No, 199. So... You know, two thirteen and a half. We still went thirteen, fourteen points under. So, and the total was two twenty-two and a half. So, even a live total presented this opportunity for us. So, both of those cash. So, we still ended up. Long way to say thank you, live betting. Um, I'm sure you guys have experiences like that as well. So, if you want to share those on Twitter, uh, please do. I always enjoy them. All that to say, we're moving forward now. Last game before the All-Star break for the Clippers is on Thursday. Rockets at Clippers, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. The Rockets also, mind you, have to play the Suns on the road Wednesday before the Clippers on the road Thursday. What did we learn about the from the anecdote if we didn't already know? Or, uh, I mean, I'd be surprised if the more seasoned vetters didn't already know that. Uh, but I actually had somebody point it out to me on Twitter, and I was like, oh, geez, check the bio. Like, I... <laughs> I've worked in sports betting long enough to know about this back-to-back -back problem, and I still thought there was a shot for it, and I quickly corrected course. So get off my back, guys. Uh, but that said, 
back to back for the Rockets, Suns, then Clippers, both on the road. And by the way, they are one six and one ATS with no rest days. So if this is a newer concept to you, that must make it make sense, right? On days they don't get any rest, they do a back-to-back -back game, one six and one ATS, and also it's the Rockets, so it's hard enough for them to cover on rest. But if you do look at when they have four or more days of rest, something like that, a longer break, or even two days rest or more, that ATS goes way up. So that is definitely a trend uh, that's worth following. Clippers right now, 29 and 30 straight up. So, hey, 500, what's up? Almost there, kissing the line. Uh, they are 7-5 and five ATS in their last 12. Uh, I mean, a lot of overs have been happening for them lately. As for their offensive efficiency and transition, they are dead last. Dead last in their efficiency and transition. But their defensive efficiency and transition, they are 7th. So really, really solid at that, which I think will help them out because I think the Rockets are going to try to push that a little bit. Overall, Clippers 19th in efficiency differential. They were 18th in the last month alone. So that's just about lines up. Nothing shocking there. Here's where the jump is. On the season, 26th in points per 100 possession for the Clippers offense at 108.4. Just in the last month, in the last four weeks, they are, now, they are 15th with 113.7 points per possession. So five-point jump there. And then as far as effective field goal percentage on the season, 19th overall with just under 53%. And now in the last month, eighth at 55%. So great leaps and bounds in the offense for the Clippers, which may explain why we've been seeing all of those overs. Also... Their defense has taken a slide as the offense has taken a stride, if you will. So if you look at just the last month, they're 19th in opponent's points per 100 possession at 114.6. On the season, they are 9th. You probably used to hearing these numbers more around the top five because it was for the front part of that season, uh, 109.5 on the season. But again, 114.6 right now. And then opponent's effective field goal percentage, even that's jumped. They were fifth on the season, or they are fifth on the season, but just in the last month, they're 13th, giving up 2% more, if you will. Uh, so that's the that's that's pretty much sums up the, the uh, over woes for you. Or if you like overs, I guess it's been a good thing for you. I was really enjoying the Clippers unders because I was really enjoying watching the good defense. Uh, COVID or injury issues, I can't even believe I still have COVID on here because I feel like a lot of places are, I mean... Use the Super Bowl, for example. Did you guys see anything that signified that we were still dealing with COVID? Because I didn't. Uh, injuries for this team. Luke Kennard is day-to-day. -day. That is, you know, actually kind of big to this Clippers offense. So he did play versus the Suns on Tuesday. But will he play Thursday? TBD. That would affect my bets for sure. I like to bet these close to game time. So again, follow me on Twitter if you want to hang out and tell me what you bet. And I'll show you what I did. Uh, but that's at Daniel Alvari. Nothing too tricky there. Norman Powell is out, though. He, they just recently acquired him from the Trailblazers. I'm a huge Norman Powell stan, if you guys didn't know that, because he was a senior on the team when I was cheering at UCLA. Um, and who doesn't love Norm? He's a great guy. And he's originally from San Diego, so he's back in Southern California, if you haven't heard me say that before. The Rockets, <laughs> 15 and 41 straight up. Sorry, you shouldn't laugh. That's not, it's not nice. It's a professional team. 1541 straight up. 0 and 5 ATS in their last five games. Not laughing, just stating facts. 
They're two and eight ATS in their last 10. And five of their last six games have gone over. Here is the Lakers-Rockets crossover that JVT pointed out on vcin.com. A lot of great info on there, guys. Please go subscribe. Check it out. Uh, but unfortunately for the Lakers, paired up with the Rockets here because both teams are really, really poor on the offensive end of the floor. The Lakers are 22nd and the Rockets are 27th in points per 100 possession. Now, the Lakers are a lot better at efficiency in the offensive side of things, at least. Um, but points per 100 possession, abysmal. Uh LA, though, 17th in defensive efficiency, and Houston is 30th, dead last. Both teams rank inside the top five in pace, right? So they're they're whipping through these. They're just real fast. But poor defense with a fast pace, say it with me, that's an over. So no surprise here that the Houston Rockets are 33-21-2 to the over. Who was the one team in the last six game for the Jazz that went over? Oh, it was... The Rockets. Uh, the other five were under. So that was not because the Jazz weren't playing great defense. It's because the Rockets weren't, and the Jazz were able to just run the score up on them. Seven and one to the over on no rest, by the way, which they are on no rest. Seven and one to the over. I don't know what this number is going to be. The book does the same things we do and more. So maybe they set this really high out of reach. And it's also right before the All Star break right before the all-star break so mm, keep that in mind little nugget there grain of salt if you will rocket rockets offense is abysmal um averaging 109.7 points per 100 possession in the last month they're averaging 53.5 percent shooting which is you know effective field goal percentage actually relative to the lakers right which doesn't really help you if you're not doing it every time and then their defense like i said dead last whether it's on the season or in the last four weeks, no improvement necessarily. Uh, they're actually worse because on the season, uh, opponents' points per 100 possession, 117.6. But in the last four weeks, 122.6. So this looks like all kinds of over to me. But we'll have to see what the book ends up setting this up at. No injury issues necessarily. No major concerns for the Rockets. <laughs> but, you know, this will lead us right into the All-Star break. That I'm sure we all can't wait for. Who doesn't, who doesn't, I mean, never miss an all-star game, right? Maybe we'll bet on it. We'll talk about that too. But not next. Coming up, UCLA and USC face the Washington schools on Thursday. That and more next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, former UCLA Bruin, UCLA Bruin alumna, I should say. So, of course, I'm going to start with UCLA here. On Thursday, Washington State at UCLA. UCLA is number 13 in the AP rankings right now. And uh, Washington State, not ranked. 
Last time UCLA played was last Saturday, and they lost to crosstown rival USC. And yes, I had uh, bet UCLA minus two on that. That did not happen because USC won 67 to 64. Frankly, the fact that this was a three-point game kind of amazing. More on that in a moment. But uh, not good. Not a good game from UCLA. And it's interesting because we kind of saw this towards the end of last season with UCLA where they sort of wheels fell off. They fell apart towards the end of the season to the point where they literally were in the first four. And yeah, they made it to the final four. That was the miraculous part. But they almost missed the tournament because of how the end of their season finished. So not good. Hashtag not good. Washington State, meanwhile, just lost by only three to Oregon. 62 to 59. Now, Oregon did just lose to Cal as well, and Cal didn't even have their best player in. So maybe there's something going on there. But I, so I don't know if this is like, wow, Washington State just really killed it. It does seem like a quality loss, if you will, for them. And that was on Monday. They covered, they were five point dogs, and again, only lost by three. They are, though, 10 and 13 against the spread this year. So as of late, Still not been covering great. When we look at the numbers, I like to use Ken Palm, of course. Uh, UCLA right now, 17 and 5 overall. They, wow, 5. That escalated quickly. <laughs> there was two losses there for a long time, and then all of a sudden it was Arizona, Arizona State. We get swept by Arizona schools, and then we lose to USC. This is a tough stretch, needless to say. Anyways, UCLA, 17 and 5 now, 12th in Ken Palm ratings overall. They are 18th in adjusted offensive efficiency and 16th in adjusted defense efficiency. Still a top 20 team as far as Ken Palm is concerned. UCLA also takes care of the ball really well, which I appreciate. They have the one of the lowest turnover rates. It's actually fourth. Um, effective field goal percentage is 50%, which you would never be able to tell based on how they played versus USC last Saturday. Uh <laughs> They are averaging 34.3% from three and free throw shooting percentage at 72.5. Johnny Juzang takes about 30% of the shots, okay? I've said this before. He needs more consistent help on offense. And it's not a knock to the team because, you know, these kids are great. But the brass tacks of it is he needs more help. But then, first SC last Saturday, team field goal shooting percentage, 30.2. 30 30.2. And then th from three, they were shooting 33.3%. So they shot better from three. And I don't know if you know this, but not necessarily a three-point strong shooting team. Tiger Campbell, 27 points. Okay. At least someone was doing something. He, I mean, how many, what was the final score here? 67 to 64. And Tiger had almost 30 points. So Tiger had what? 40% of the team's points. Johnny Juzang, four of 16 for 12 points. What? Jaime Hawkins Jr., 12 or 2 of 11 for 5 points. And then Jules Bernard, 1 of 9 for 2 points. Now, you could credit this to USC's defense because if you saw a very low-scoring game, good defense, but you have to say there was good defense on both sides of the ball because the fact that this is only a 3-point game is a miracle with offense like that. Really, really tough to watch. Really tough to watch. And US UCLA not getting quality shots, right? And that's the most frustrating thing, I think, as a fan. I think fans know that when we got Coach Cronin, who I'm a big fan of, we were going to get a big improvement on the defensive side of things, and we haven't. Again, I love that. I love watching that kind of basketball. But the offense is just, where are the quality shots? Where are they? Because we can't just keep running isos for Johnny and expecting him to get shots off, and USC showed that, right? 
Um, lots and lots of blocks happened. And again, Tiger Campbell is the shortest guy in that court, and it's not a knock on his height at all. It's just he scored 27 points against this tall, long, athletic USC team. What was everybody else doing? What happened, guys? So you unfortunately, UCLA's had a couple games like that this season, and that's what makes me nervous to bet on them because you don't know. I mean, someone even said on Twitter, I believe, one of the uh, – I believe it was UCLA alum, actually – responded and said we have a Jekyll and Hyde team which I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far because I think it's a lot more whatever the good one is is it Dr. Hyde is that the better side or is it Jekyll Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde who's the bad one somebody tweet and tell me I need to look this up uh, but whatever the good one is I think we see more side of that guy but it's true all of a sudden we'll just have an, an like an offensive night that not just one guy is off but like three or four and we don't have a strong enough offense to be doing that kind of stuff uh it needs to be ran a little bit better in my opinion Washington State 14 and 10 right now 44th in Ken Palm now offensive efficiency never heard of her they're 106 but adjusted defensive efficiency they're 21st so like almost a top 20 defense here there are other some interesting stats here for them 14th in steal percentage. I don't know if you remember me saying this, but UCLA, really good at not turning the ball over. Maybe this is a game where this is going to be a challenge for them because Washington State, 14th in steal percentage, 13th in non-steal turnover percentage. So stealing it or creating situations for you to make bad passes or anything like that. Um, and then 27th, by the way, in offensive rebounding percentage. So UCLA sometimes, you know can struggle on the boards depending on how I mean Miles has actually been great Miles Johnson's been really really solid but Cody Riley I think we're waiting for him to kind of get back in the rhythm of his situation since his knee injury early in the season uh, banged knees pretty hard with another guy and then was out for a little while but he's back but not back it seems like full Cody mode um, but yeah offensive rebounding is going to be a strength for this Washington team and their defense um, their guard Michael Flowers leads their team averaging 13.5 points 3.4 rebounds and three assists per game but like I said he's averaging 13.5 points not ideal UCLA has more to play for here okay you can talk to a Washington State fan and they'll tell you oh no there's a chance which is sure uh, but UCLA needs to win this expect them to be locked in for this three-game home stretch um, Best thing they need to do here is pretty much limit second shot opportunities for the Cougars because that's the only way that they're going to get points on the board, I think. Keep in mind, UCLA covered one of their last four games. They covered four straight before that, but they've been off. They've been off for the last four games, and you know why. We've already talked about it. I could see this being a very low total. UCLA's been struggling with shooting lately. Washington State's offense is terrible. Sorry, it's true. And both defenses are very good. So... Should be a low-scoring affair. How low is this total going to get? 128 or so? It was 128 versus Cal for UCLA. Cal also has a really terrible offense. Um, but I think this defense is maybe even stronger than Cal's. So could see this being a really low total. Maybe it's too low to bet. Uh, but I think – and I, the reason I won't, actually, to be honest, I'm not sure I want to be on a total not knowing what which UCLA team I'm getting offensively. I assume after – facing USC, Arizona, Arizona State, having this rough patch, that this will self-correct. I mean, not just self-correct, but this team will get this back on track. But I still, I lean under. I lean under on this, but it just depends on how low the total actually is. Like I said, 128 is pretty low for me. But if I get something in the, hmm, it's not going to be, I doubt. But if it's in the mid-130s, maybe it's something to look at. Um, I don't want to bet an over on it because I don't want to count on either of these teams' offenses right now. I'd look for UCLA to cover, 
But again, they've not been like exactly a covering machine lately, covering one of their last four. Uh, this might be their get right. The time when they covered four straight before this series of four, so, you know, in the last eight games, they were playing Stanford, they were playing Cal, they were playing the teams in the Pac-12 in theory that they should be much better than, and they were covering big spreads. So maybe this is the get right spot for them, is what I'm saying. I might look for an in-game because UCLA doesn't run away with it usually at the start, or they haven't in a while. So they're going to have to reprove that to me. USC on the other side of things. Washington, not Washington State, but Washington at USC. USC is number 17 in the AP right now. Rankings, like I said last time they played UCLA, uh, they beat them. That was last Saturday, 67 to 64. Tons of rest for them. That's great. Washington, meanwhile, played last Saturday as well and lost to Arizona 92 to 68. So same amount of rest for these two teams. USC is 21 and 4 right now. They're 30th in Ken Palm's ratings, 41st in their adjusted offensive efficiency and 45th in their adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, so this at one point was in the 2025s for USC. They've slipped a little bit since then. It's understandable, uh, especially because for me, it was more about they hadn't played a lot of great teams. And so maybe it was kind of inflated that they were up that high at one point. And this isn't me hating on them. They just beat the crap out of UCLA um, and made it really hard for them to make a single bucket. Uh, they're shooting 51.3% effective field goal percentage themselves and 34.7 from three. Not a big three-point shooting team. We don't really have one in the Pac-12, it feels like, right now, which is not very fun. And it's also not going to win you championships, by the way. Just my thoughts. Uh, they are 228th in tempo, and I only bring that up because Washington on the other side is 57th in adjusted tempo, which is the, the fastest in the Pac-12. It's the highest, right? Um, so... It'll be interesting to see if Washington kind of pushes USC to pick up the pace in this and makes them play at their pace, or if USC's defense is going to be dominant like it was, like it has been in the last couple games, um, and kind of get them to play bend to their will, if you will. Washington is 13-10 and 10 overall, 8-5 and five in the conference. They're 130th in Ken Palm. Adjusted offense efficiency, 200th. Uh, but on the defensive side, 82nd, a little bit better. Not quite Washington State. You know, Washington State's a top 20 defense. This is 82nd. It's not a very good team. They're 45.8% effective field goal percentage, 31.3 from three. Like I said, not a big three-point shooting team at all. Um, but they are strong. I always look for the one bright spot, 19th in defensive turnover percentage. So they're going to create opportunities for themselves, and I think USC is going to allow them to a little bit. Uh, they've been pretty on top of their turnover problem that they had earlier in the season. Uh, but I could see Washington, like I said, causing some issues for them here. Majority of USC's points come from close range or in the paint, and Washington defends that well, actually. So maybe an under in this one. USC should be able to cover, in my opinion, but how big is this spread going to be? Double digit? Probably. In, especially because they're the home team. In their last 11 games, they were double digit favorites six times. They only covered twice. So if it's double digits as I assume it will be, it's probably a no play for me, which isn't very exciting. But follow me on Twitter if you want to see what I end up actually playing. Lakers Live on Wednesday night. Let's do that. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. I really appreciate you guys. This is actually episode 60, I believe. So if you've listened to any single one of them, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, remember, you can find new shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll be back, of course, then for more fun and games on Friday. 
We'll talk about All-Star Weekend, I'm sure. So come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 